Well, good evening, church. Uh, it's good to be here, isn't it? But with snow and the weather has given us every excuse not to gather, and yet here we are. We have come with intention, and we have come with purpose. We have come to remind ourselves of the Christmas story that we have just seen displayed before us, and also to sing our praises to the newborn king. So thank you, worship team, and thank you, skit actors, for your helping us to do this very thing. Now, I think we could all probably agree that Christmas is a wonderful time of year. And if I was bold enough, I would ask the kids to shout out their answers on why it's so great, but they're all so quiet right now that maybe I should just not. <laughs> I'll tell you a few things that I love about it. I love that Christmas is a season of joy, it is a season of love, but I also love that it is a season of baked goods and stockings full of toys. Uh, there's also so much nostalgia about the Christmas season. Who doesn't love the time when it comes to decorate your tree and you bring out those old boxes from the attic or the crawl space and before your eyes are all of these memories attached to little snow globes and ornaments. And we just remember so many Christmases from the years gone by. Another wonderful thing about Christmas time is the Christmas classics. Anyone here love the Christmas movies that we watch? Yeah, there we go. There's a bold person. Absolutely, I love the Christmas classics. And there's so many of them, right? There's something for everybody. If you love comedy, maybe you're drawn to Elf, right? Elf is quickly becoming a Christmas classic. But maybe you're more of a sentimental type person and you're drawn to it is a wonderful life. There's lots of good options. But I think there is a clear winner on the best Christmas movie ever made. And I think if we were to spend our evening debating this, we would come to one conclusion. We would come to the conclusion that there is no greater Christmas movie than the one that has been turned into film 145 different times, and the one that was first published in the year 1843. Anyone bold enough to take a guess on which Christmas movie I'm talking about? A Christmas Carol. I heard it from somewhere over here. If I had chocolate and it was youth group, I'd throw it at you, but I don't. Yes, it is the Christmas Carol. We've all probably seen it. If you are a little older in this room, perhaps it brings up images like this. This is one that many of us have seen. Or if you're a little younger, perhaps it reminds you of this, the Jim Carrey classic. Right? There's a good chance if you are in this room and you are older than three years old that you have seen one film adaptation of it or another. Some of you have probably watched one or two already this year. This is a classic for many different reasons, but it's got such a good story. It's got so many lessons that we need to be reminded of. If you're not familiar, a quick little synopsis. A Christmas Carol is a story about a man named Scrooge. Scrooge is an older man, and he is a grumpy Gus. He hates Christmas, and he is proud, and he is greedy. Uh, he is not the type of man you want to have a lot of encounters with. But over the course of this story, Scrooge grows from a grumpy old man into a kind man, a charitable man, a loving man. But how does this transformation take place? It takes place through the visitation of three ghosts. The ghost of Christmas present, the ghost, oh no, the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. You see, what Scrooge needed to change his heart was a little bit of perspective. 
And I think that's true of all of us. Perspective is a good thing. Sometimes we can get so bogged down on all of our own worries, on all of our own fears, and we can just turn on our news and we can think that Christmas is going to be ruined because of a giant snowstorm and every church service will be canceled, and we just get overwhelmed, right? But sometimes if we pause and we give ourselves perspective, we can be greatly helped. So that's what I want to do tonight. I want us to look at the Christmas story with a little bit of perspective. So we're going to get the help of our three friends, the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. So first, enter the ghost of Christmas past. I'm sure we're all familiar with the story of Christmas past. We've seen it on display in the skits. We've been singing about it in our songs for tonight. And traditionally, we hear this story. It is told beginning with the angel Gabriel visiting the priest Zechariah. But the complete story of Christmas actually begins much further back than Gabriel and Zechariah. The story of Christmas begins in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. The story of Christmas takes place because of the failure that happened in the Garden. You see, Adam and Eve sinned. Adam and Eve rebelled against the Lord, and the curse came upon them. The wages of sin is death. This is the bad news. But in that bad news, God made a promise. God gave hope, a Christmas hope. God promised that one day a son of Eve would come who would crush the head of the enemy and who would make everything right, who would restore man's relationship back with God. And that's the true start of the Christmas story. Adam and Eve sinned, and the world ever since has been full of darkness. Humankind has been separated from God. Humankind has been an animosity with one another. Right? There's all kinds of evil in this world. And thousands and thousands of years have passed since that first failure of man. And over that time, many would-be saviors have risen up. People got excited, and they thought, maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one who will crush the head of the snake and bring us back into relationship with God. But ultimately, all of these leaders failed. They fell short, and a generation was left disappointed. It is in this darkness, and it is in this despair that we have the Christmas story. We have a host of angels appearing into the darkness with this great display of light and proclaiming wonderful news. Now, we've read that already, but perhaps you were distracted by the big angel on stage. So, let's read it together now with no distractions behind me. This comes from Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 14. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. You see, a little over 2,000 years ago, in the small town of Bethlehem, a baby would be born who would forever change the course of history. And this baby is none other than Jesus, Christ the Lord. And he came as a light into darkness to make peace between God and man. And he would accomplish this through his life, his death, and his resurrection. You see, Christ would live the perfect life that we could not. And then he would die the death that we deserved. But then he would rise again from that grave so that we could be united with him in everlasting life with no fear of death. This is the fullest vision of the Christmas story. It is the heart of the Christmas story. And it is why we've gathered here tonight, to be reminded of this good news, of this light in darkness. But this took place 2,000 years ago. And a lot has changed since then. So perhaps it would be helpful for us to have a visit from our second ghost tonight, the ghost of Christmas present. Let me ask you this. Have you ever wrestled with the question, has the Christmas story really made any noticeable difference? Has the coming of Jesus changed anything? Is it even relevant today, or was it just good news for the generation of the shepherds back in Israel? Well, I'm here to tell you that absolutely Jesus changed everything. Absolutely, Jesus is still relevant, and absolutely, we should still be keeping him our focus this Christmas season. You see, Christ came as a light into darkness, and that light does continue to shine this very day. Across this country, on this very evening, there are thousands and thousands of people who have filled churches in order to light candles as a symbolic representation of Christ coming 2,000 years ago. And in just a few short minutes' time, we're going to have the opportunity to join those numbers. And we're going to light these candles, and we will be reminded that even though there is still darkness, right, there's still darkness all around us, there is also light. And I just want to say, I think we need this reminder. Because the simple truth is there is a lot of darkness out there. Can we agree with that? Like, it's not as it should be, and we feel that. In fact, sometimes it feels like it's darker now than ever before. It feels like things are just getting darker and darker, and we're wondering, like, I thought Christ came to fix this problem. Well, he did. But the darkness persists, and we know that, right? Children, you know that the darkness persists. You go to school, and you know that not everyone behaves the way that they should. Right? Bullying and hatred and greed and pride are still present, just as they were 2,000 years ago. And adults, do I even need to give examples of the darkness around us? We all know something of the pain of sickness and death. We all know something of the hostility that exists between man and man. And we're all a little apprehensive about where's the church even going to be 50 years from now, 100 years from now? What is going on? The darkness is growing. But listen... Despite this darkness, there is still light. And there will always still be light. Listen to this promise 
in God's word about Jesus. It comes to us in John chapter 1, verses 4 to 5. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Do you believe that tonight? I hope you do. My hope and prayer is that this Christmas season, you're going to be able to focus your attention on the light. That you will not be overcome by the sense of darkness, but you will focus your eyes on Jesus Christ. And that you'll be reminded of all of the ways that he has changed everything. Right? On a big scale, our culture is shaped around the coming of Jesus. We owe our health care We owe our education, we owe our rights and freedoms to the Christian worldview that all came about through the birth of this baby in Bethlehem thousands of years ago. But not only that, not only on the big scale, but all of the little graces we see each and every day come from the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever experienced something of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Well, these fruits of the Spirit are because of Jesus Christ. So as you see the big darkness around you, don't forget to look at the little light that's evident in our lives each and every day. The light may not always be blazing before our eyes, but it will always be present. And we would be wise to remember those Sunday school lyrics we've all heard before. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You see, the light of Jesus is displayed with every little act that we do in his name. Every little glimmer of goodness of saying, you know, I'm going to be patient today. I'm going to be charitable today. I'm going to be kind. This is the light of Jesus defeating the darkness in the small and in the big. And that's good news. Finally, I want us to have our third visit from the final ghost, the ghost of Christmas future. Now, if you're familiar with A Christmas Carol you'll know that this is not a happy ghost. Scrooge did not have a good encounter with him because his future was bleak. His future was failure. His future was death. And this is what woke him up. But I've got good news for you, church. The future of the church is none of these things. It is not bleak. It is not dark. So just as I have pled with you, don't fear the present. So too, I would say, do not despair of the future. You see, the enemy would like nothing more than for you to be overcome with fear. He would love for you to quake as though Christ had never come and as though you didn't know how this story ends. But here's the thing. We do know how this story ends, don't we? We're told about it in the Bible. We can read about it in the book of Revelation. So let's read that. I want to read to you a couple of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. They're found in Revelation Chapter 21, verses 3 to 4. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. This is the end of the story. Jesus wins. Darkness, sin, and death will be defeated once and for all, and the light will shine gloriously. 
There will be no more hostility between God and man because Christ has come to make peace between man and God. Everything that Christ came to accomplish will be completed. So hear this and trust in this. I cannot tell you exactly what things are going to look like in 10 years, 100 years, or 1,000 years. But I can promise you this. The light of Jesus will continue to shine, and his people will continue to gather on Christmas Eve every year to sing praises to the newborn king. Now, it would be great if this worship still took place in buildings like this, but perhaps it will have to be, take place in hiding. We'll be in basements but we will still be singing the praises of our God. And who knows? We could be singing in glory, right? Christ may have come within 10 years, with a 1,000 years, and we'll be with him in glory. But all I know is this. For all of eternity, Jesus Christ will be worshipped and proclaimed, and his light will continue to shine. All right, on Christmas morning, long ago, a light came into darkness, and the darkness has never will never, and can never overcome it. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We are reminded of all that you have done with us, for us, this Christmas season. You've done so much that we do not deserve. You came as a a baby. You lived among us. You showed us the way to glory You made that way possible through your life, death, and resurrection. We're just recipients of it. And Lord, I pray that we would be. I pray that if this is new news for anyone here, that they would hear it and that they would respond to it. That they would repent of their sins and declare you to be Lord and give their life to you. Because you are a good king. And you are a king who will win. So Lord, we ask that you would come. And that you would just blaze before us as a glorious light. And that darkness would be no more. Do this work we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.